Hello, and welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Nick, but these guys call me their Game Master. And you're listening to Pokemon Rollout, a real-play Pokemon Tabletop United RPG podcast. What's your name? I'm Paul, and I play Charlie. I'm Michael, and I play Professor Sneeze. And I'm Lydia, and I play Liliana. But today we're not playing our characters. No, and we even have some guests. Yeah, who's who's here? <laughs> Don't be shy. Oh, I'm supposed to go? Yeah, I pointed at you. Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm Paul's wife. But not Charlie's wife. Paul's no. wife. Charlie's far too young for that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Sarah, and I'm Michael's wife. You brought the wives on. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Uh, because, uh, well, as as you all know from the title of this episode, who's listening, this is the Q&A episode in honor of our 50th episode. Woo. It's not our 50th episode, we already had that, this is technically the 51st episode, I guess. How many times Fun. can you say episode before it stops making sense? Episode. episode. It's paying homage <laughs> to the 50th episode. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> episode 50B. There you go. 50B, sure. Side B. Uh, <laughs> side B, yes. Uh, but yeah, can, you can, only hear, you can only hear this episode if you, if you play <laughs> pot, uh, our episode 50 in reverse. <laughs> I would say everyone oh, no. t- take your, your podcast player turn it around <laughs> don't worry we took it we stick took a it pencil in it <laughs> stick a pencil in it and turn it backwards <laughs> change adjust uh, the settings for the play speed this is what does take forever yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, as you can tell this is how long this it takes to start long. any episode <laughs> are we funny yet <laughs> Did it work? Oh, no. Did it work? <laughs> uh, Our magical funny charm didn't work. We need to get another goat. <laughs> so part of the thing from, uh, just to pull back the curtain of uh, recording these podcasts, we don't all record in the same place, so none of us except for Michael have any idea what he's doing with a goat. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what he's doing with a goat. I'm sitting right next to him. <laughs> I'm worried for this goat. <laughs> no, I was just going to cuddle him. <laughs> I'm still worried for this goat. <laughs> it makes me anyway. it makes me think back to um the uh one of our early episodes and I stole a line from from Bosephus from the Poco podcast, hey Bosephus. Um where I called Arceus a goat stuck in a fence. <laughs> <laughs> I Oh, that so that, that's why Charlie has no sense of direction. It's retroactive. Retribution. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so, anyway, we're answering fan questions. We have yet to get eventually. to one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, who sent in the, the questions. we got a whole bunch, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we got quite a few. Yeah, I was expecting some, but Very we got a lot. So, thank you. It's nice. Mm-hmm. But... Um, yeah, since we have our wives here, do we want to take this question first from uh, Robbie on the Pokemon Rollout Tap Room on Facebook? Yeah, I think we should. All right. Um, all right, I can I can read that one. Uh, Robbie's question is: uh, What is the best advice you would give to a newly married couple? I'm getting married today, and that's one, two, three, four, five. Is that six exclamation points? Oh dear. Uh, f- 
five, and it's followed by the word I. Oh, five in the... Okay, that's that's what I'm doing. Yep, there we go. <laughs> uh, and today was September 1st, so happy wedding on September 1st. Yay! This will come out after Congratulations! That. That's exciting! Yeah. Congrats! Woohoo! Um, he, he goes on with his question... Well, that, that was the question, the first sentence. Now he's got more sentences. Um, he says, I'm introducing her to Pokemon and the theater of the mind. Love you guy, guys and your <laughs> podcast. Keep up the clean, fun, smiley face. Hey, thanks. <laughs> thanks, yeah. We love you, yeah. too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, what's the best advice you would give to a newly married couple, Lydia? <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so mean. I know that was mean. <laughs> Think back to all of the advice that you have um, given newly married couples. Draw upon all of your experience. <laughs> yeah, on all of my knowledge of being a married couple. <laughs> all by yourself, you are one married couple. <laughs> This is how you can tell that I'm married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, keep open the communication. I'm just, honestly, I'm just going off of, like, from Hallmark. past relationships that I've been in and not sure. so much marriage since, again, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, always keep open that communication. Always make sure that, like, even if you guys you know, do have a fight and everything, um, you know, eventually revisit it. Not necessarily to fight more, but at least just to, like, figure out what you two can do together to strengthen things. And just, yeah, always just keep that in mind that, like, it's it's we, not me. So always always focus on that. And always focus on, like, building each other up. That's super important. Bam. Mm-hmm. I like the way you put that we not me Mm -hmm. Um, I like to think of it as we're all on the same team (laughs) Mm -hmm. you gotta be each other's teammate Yeah, you're not opposing forces you're supposed to be cooperative forces yeah Paul I don't know I play marriage competitive (laughs) I play marriage competitively so (laughs) I'm gonna win this it is always a race (laughs) and I am always winning (laughs) ah yeah Sometimes I like to let Paul think that he's winning, just because it makes him happier, and then he'll keep, you know, trying, but no, I'm always winning. I'm like yeah, five steps ahead. Get discouraged. Oh, nice. No, I like the, I like, um, like, keeping open, open the lines of communication and mm-hmm. the idea of, like, like you were saying, Lydia, like, not completely revisiting, like, areas where you don't always agree, but trying to find a resolution and working together mm-hmm. to find that resolution um, and supporting each other in that. Like, we've always told, I mean, we'll we've always told our kids too, like the most important relationship you're going to have is that of your spouse. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so we try to try to show that and try to, um, to give them a good example and, and all that. So 
Oh, I'll, yeah. I think one of the biggest things also is just like, um, always be willing to forgive. I mean, there will be tough times and you'll argue and it'll happen. And uh, just being, you know, knowing that, you know, mm-hmm. we've always said, you know, it's just like, you know, I'm committed to do this with you. And uh, that just kind of that commitment has brought us through a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, be be willing, being willing to forgive and to apologize. Essentially, re- realizing and valuing your spouse more than yourself really is how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that we not me idea is is really at the the core of it it's not about me it's about this person that i've committed me to now me is not about me anymore me is about my wife mm-hmm. that's that's what it's all yeah. for uh on the part yeah. of introducing her to pokemon <laughs> um yeah yeah <laughs> gradual is best don't like throw it all at her all at once you'll probably scare her away <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was gradual for you, right? <laughs> Paul, okay, so we we kind of know how much of a, a Pokemon fan Paul is. When we <laughs> first started, that. just a tiny, tiny bit. <laughs> it's bit, not I like mean. his entire life. Not at all. <laughs> what do you mean? Right? Um, yeah, Paul, <laughs> Paul, like, breathes Pokemon. I didn't always, though. You didn't always, but what? in college, when we first started dating, <laughs> he decides to bring this up as, like, side conversation. So he's like, so, by the way, I kind of like this game thing called Pokemon. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I kind of play sometimes. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Please don't push me away for liking this thing. But, uh, but yeah, and yeah. It, I mean that was like something I was genuinely nervous about though when we were He was we were really yeah. nervous. Um but I mean you, you you accepted it and like you you even you started to play uh um uh Sapphire. Not while we were dating though. Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. I don't know. It wasn't before we were dating. It might have been when we were engaged or something, but maybe I bet it was when we were engaged. Probably, yeah. But I don't know how. How do you deal with it now? That now that I do really, I I breathe it now. <laughs> now it's it just it, that's that's what it is. So I mean, we try and find a balance and and try and make things work like. Um, I mean, you have this podcast, you have your Puckle podcasts and recording and editing and all of that and trying to teach our kids Pokemon stuff and watching Pokemon shows and... Speaking of which, uh, Hannah just uh, beat Moon uh, this weekend, her first Pokemon she game did. that she's completed. Ooh, she was so excited. Nice. That's exciting. um, It's just, it's kind of become all of our lives. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, we balance it out. So it's, you know, the kids can't watch, like, 20 episodes of Pokemon all in a row. 
It's what they did Although today. Although they'll try to. <laughs> it is not what they did today. You're going to make us sound like horrible parents, Paul. <laughs> they had supper. There was a break. <laughs> try to it's get their it all day off before too. the year starts. School mm-hmm. year starts. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, there are a lot worse things than Pokemon. And so teaching them, like the whole idea of, you know, you're, you're taking on these, these creatures and befriending them and caring for them and training them, um, you know, very similarly to having pets and, and all that. And just teaching you to, to be overall kind to, you know, Mm -hmm. to creation. I guess. Mm-hmm. But. Absolutely. Pokemon was new to me also. Uh, I didn't, it wasn't something I grew up with. Uh, it was really only uh, because of Michael <laughs> that I know anything about it. So just some reflections on how to introduce it. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question asker's name? Robbie. Robbie, Robbie maybe just find a really cute or fun or quirky Pokemon, like a specific one. That For you... Sarah, it's Oddish. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It totally is, but that's irrelevant. That's beside the point. Just find one that you really think uh, your wife would kind of catch would catch your eye and just I don't know, would be really relatable because there's some really weird unapproachable Pokemon that are kind of like the ones that sometimes people new to Pokemon universe get stuck on. They're like, but this is just so weird and bizarre and I just can't get over how weird and bizarre it is. And start with the approachable, the cute, Mm -hmm. the the pretty ones. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, the pretty um, ones. <laughs> well, so Elizabeth is an audiologist, and Audino is the hearing mm-hmm. Pokemon. Oh, yeah. And so, like, she was sold on that. <laughs> there you go. There yep. you go. Like, kind of related to that, too, part of... Yeah. And this goes with just about anything that you enjoy. Like, I could, I could relate this to Star Trek also. I'm a huge <laughs> Trekkie. And Sarah was very not into Star Trek when we got married. <laughs> Um, true. And, very true. But like, I enjoyed it, and I didn't force it. No. Uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd ask you if you wanted to watch some episodes with me, but I wasn't going to be too pushy about it. No, you. So were like, I just enjoyed it. it, and that's okay. that's if if it's just something that you enjoy, but you're not pushy about it, eventually your your spouse will, you know, it'll probably rub off. Probably, yeah, some of it. You, you know, she might never be as big a fan as you are, but just, you know, enjoying your company, she'll enjoy to some extent what you enjoy. Right. <laughs> it it can become a a sort of common ground between right. the two of you even if at different levels. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That kind of maybe branches into a couple of the other questions that mm-hmm. we, we got. We, we got this one kind of in a few different terms. Um, if I can jump in with this question. I should tell you, Michael, before, before you get into this, uh, uh, yeah, uh, we, have, we have a child that's crying, so I think uh, Elizabeth oh, yeah. needs to sign off and say goodbye. So. All right. Sure. You, I will you see you guys. Good night. Goodbye. See ya. Bye, Liz. Bye. There you go. Are you going to go? Yeah. Yeah. Please.
All right. Not happy. Sarah's going to leave also. Alright, bye, bye Sarah. Sarah. Thank bye. you for your marriage advice. Mm-hmm. I'll take well. it to heart. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at this uh, question, if I can insert this one, because I think he's touched on it a little bit, um, from Richie... Uh, he asks, how did you first get into Pokemon, and what do you do other than this podcast to stay current with it? Um, for myself, I got into Pokemon when I first saw the first episode airing on, I think, Kids WB. Mm-hmm. First time it <laughs> yeah. aired in America, we, we were there to watch it. Wow. Yep. I, don't yep. think I, I remember I, I, going back, going to supper after watching it, and basically replaying the entire episode for my parents. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. explaining everything that happened. <laughs> that was really cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As for staying current, I don't stay as current <laughs> as I guess I'd like to. I play Pokemon Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I basically was the same thing first getting into Pokemon there. I thought that was the thing I went and watched every day because I was the nerdy mm-hmm. child who never brought home homework until about 8th grade. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Was I just well? <laughs> I mean, I st- I bring home homework now, but oh, okay, because there's a lot more of it. Uh, it's not notice. It's not his fault. It's the homework's yeah, fault. The homework's yeah. more. No. Yeah. But no. Uh, but yeah, I went through that. I would watch that every uh, every time it aired. So it was it was close to once a day every once yep. in a while. But it was like at least once yeah, a week. Was... Yeah. Um, I right. Well, think, when we were allowed like yeah. an hour of TV, half an hour. That was that was that was my half an hour like, of TV a day. That was the show I watched. That was the show that we watched. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I, I guess we haven't actually mentioned this on the podcast. Maybe if you're in the tap room, you figured it out. But Nick and I are brothers, mm-hmm. so <laughs> we are related. Yes. What? <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to guess by the last name, but no. Right, mm-hmm. right. Which we don't say on the podcast. Well, you do every every time you say your Twitter Twitter handle, but. Yeah, that's true. Your twiddle handle. Your twiddle handle. It's just twiddle handle. Actually, I don't think you say it. I think you you only spell it. I only yeah. spell it. True, only true. Only so it. no one will be to able to else say to figure it. Figure out how to pronounce it. Right. right. Best of luck. No one who that's, no one who can spell it can pronounce it. No one who can pronounce it can spell it. At least not the first exactly time around. Right. I, I I never make friends with anyone unless they can pronounce my last name correctly the first time I meet them. <laughs> That's a lie, but if that were true, I wouldn't have it's any like friends. You have, I'd have two friends. It's like, you have friends? Aww. <laughs> Lydia, how about, you, how about you? How did you get into Pokemon? Oh, me? Um, yeah. Well, uh, like, just about everything, like, video game related, uh, my, well, I suppose that was kind of my older sisters, too, this time around, uh, but my oldest brothers uh, okay so my four oldest siblings i think were probably the ones who got me into it but yeah but like my whole family growing up we were pretty into it and yeah like we would watch the television shows and there was a library close by to where we lived that had the Pokemon, the first movie, and Pokemon 2000. So we would like nice. switch every once in a while, like between weeks, whenever we would rent that videotape. <laughs> and eventually our dad too was like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't rent it out this week so that other people can have a chance to enjoy it. <laughs> we were like, no. Um, but yeah, but it was always like, it was always really fun because it was like these cute little, like, and, um, like cool little creatures and stuff and it was fun to like 
play the video games. Well, actually, hmm. I played the video games, but not a whole lot in depth. I don't think I've actually mm. ever completed a Pokemon video game, except for um, Pokemon Coliseum. That mm. one I actually finished completely. Oh, wow. What, what, um, what a game to finish. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one's, that's um, one of the interesting ones, yeah. That was good. But yeah, but I don't think I ever finished any of the other ones. Um, but yeah, I guess um, how I stay current with it is probably the extent, kind of like with what Michael was saying, was um, Pokemon Go. So add me on there. Um, <laughs> I posted a thing about it on Twitter not that long ago. Um, and there have been some people who have added me, and so that's that's pretty cool i mean it's not like it's not like i can really like talk to you guys on it but it's still cool that it's like one other way that we can connect to all right um but yeah but that was good oh my gosh okay one other thing too (laughs) um and then we can go to another thing sorry um but um (laughs) my my two older sisters had the um, CDs from the first two Pokemon movies. Yes. So I listened to that all nice. the time and I performed a couple of the songs <laughs> in our like talent show thing oh, that we no. had in elementary. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> that was so good. I had oh, the uh, I, I had the soundtrack to the first movie. Uh, yep. That I disappeared that. at some point. Like no one that I know of knows <gasps> where it went. It is just gone. Weird. Um, I don't. I don't know where but, I'm at. Uh, kind of a connection to that one, like right, uh, which which means Michael. Ha- no, I'm kidding. Michael stole it and has it and has it. <laughs> no, uh, but, I'm certainly not hoarding it, and I don't listen to it all the time. You're right. <laughs> but uh, with staying current, um, since I'm kind of running this thing, I, I like to be able to know kind of what Pokemon I have to work with. So um, mm-hmm. a little before we started playing, I actually. Uh, I, I played the first three generations of games. Uh, for me, it was Yellow Version, which I got before my two older brothers ever got a Pokemon Ooh, game. Did I did. I got Yellow Version uh, in June when I was six. You guys did not get it until Christmas. Hey, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Which I was super excited about. But, uh, so, Yellow Version, and then Silver Version, and Ruby Version were the three I played. And then I was out of it for a while. Um, I actually did have not played any of 4th or 5th generation. Um, but I came back with uh, Pokemon Y that I played shortly before we started this. And then, uh, soon after Pokemon Sun Moon came out, I played through and beat uh, Pokemon Sun. So that's kind of how I've kept up to date with it. Also, if I have, like, ideas of, uh, locations where the trainers are going to be going to next, I look up, uh, different Pokemon that live there, kind of read through their Pokedex blurbs, uh, the, the Pokedex, the, the theory that the Pokedex is written by the ten-year-olds who are, uh, traveling makes quite a bit of sense, uh, but when you, when you look at some of those blurbs, but at the same time it's just kind of funny, but, uh, like, just kind of going off of those and extrapolating out to how those can work, um, I've also kind of looked around on Google, just pe- people who have written about uh, different uh, Pokemon, like like different Pokemon ideas for games and things there, like different mm-hmm. uh, encounters you can have, and just get kind of keeping up to date that way. Um, 
before Pokemon Sun Moon came out, I actually started watching like the the Pokemon YouTube channel to just see what mm-hmm. new uh, Pokemon were going to be appearing in the region and the ideas behind that to just kind of keep up to date there. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, for me, I first got into Pokemon I was in middle school, and uh, I think I caught the show a couple of times, and my friend was like, hey, I, I have this Pokemon uh, Blue game, you should get the Red game. And at this point, I didn't even have a Game Boy. Uh, and so, like, and my, my, my parents weren't really in favor of me playing video games. Um, but anyways, I, my dad, I talked to my dad and he agreed if I got, like, uh, B's are better in all my classes. He would allow me to buy, uh, a Game Boy and, and Pokemon. So my first game was Pokemon Red with, uh, um, with a green Game Boy Pocket. Nice. Ooh. Yeah. So that's how I first got into it, and uh, I eventually did end up getting like all three copies, red, blue, and yellow, um, and then uh, played Gen 2, and then I took a break. Everyone seems, a lot of people seem to take a break, especially in high school, um, but back in, then when I was in college, though, I like really got back into it. I uh, started playing and completed a Gen 3 Pokedex then, and... Uh, um, Eventually, uh, I started listening to podcasts, and I found some Pokemon podcasts, uh, which is where I found Puckle, and mm-hmm. after that, it just kind of became something I do did a lot more regularly, so I play, nice. I buy all the games, usually both copies on release day, and I play them, and um, <laughs> uh, Pokemon Let's Go is coming out, I'm guessing none of you <laughs> will be playing it, but mm. I will. <laughs> I, mean, I don't have a Switch. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's one of the things. Like I, I, yeah. Yeah, if I ever get a switch, I'd play it. But mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. If I had a yeah. switch, I'd I'd get uh, it. Yeah, yeah. That or I mean, wait, wait, wait a year. They'll come. They'll have the like the more core game coming out next year. But if you want to go back right. to Kanto, though, so. yeah. With yeah, yeah. but uh, cool. thinking of that, like aside from video games, with like the Pokemon series, things are. I I watched most of the Indigo League. I think I made it almost all the way through. There and uh, saw scatterings of the Orange Islands, uh, Johto, uh, a little bit of Hoenn through there, and then again mm-hmm. I kind of fell away after the third generation too. But uh, one of the big things that impacted there is like uh, we only had a set amount of uh, TV time that we watched, and then Digimon started airing. And <gasps> yeah, <laughs> Digimon's a solid, solid anime. Solid anime. That's the thing, like, I guess, especially, like, seeing it out of the context of, oh, this is like Pokemon, it is a surprisingly good show, like, on its own right. right. Um, Mm -hmm. Going back and rewatching it as an adult, they're they're really bad at uh, being quiet in the dub, but, (laughs) like, there there is no time for silence. Everything has to be quips, which can get annoying, (laughs) but um, it it still works fairly well. Fun fact. My my oldest sister voice acted uh, one of the like extra children in one episode of Pokemon. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I so um and this kinda leads into the next two questions I think we're gonna get to. Um sure. So we all went to the same college at one point or another. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> so, uh, although, fu- funnily enough, like so we all went to the same college at one point or another, and I say it because I went, I graduated ten years before Lydia did. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and it was with that I went to I went to school with Lydia's sister, and so we uh, we you know kept in touch, and we knew that she was going to be on, on that show, and so. 
we, um, Elizabeth and I, we woke up, uh, like, at 6.30 in the morning, because we were playing ridiculously <laughs> early, uh, we w- woke up to listen to her say her one line, and watch <laughs> this episode. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, as I was saying, though, leads into these other questions, uh, I'm gonna kind of group these two together, if that's alright. Yeah. Uh, these come, uh, from Twitter, uh, from the British Gent, uh, thank you for saying, uh, uh, hello and dropping some questions. Um, what made you start all this? Uh, do you all have interest in Pokemon? And how do you all know each other? How did it all start? <laughs> and then my joke answer to this is, I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> how did I get here? And, and that, that statement's yeah, only two-thirds true. <laughs> yeah. Real. Well, yeah, Paul and I overlapped... Uh, was it just one year or was it two years? I think in it was college? two years. I don't know. I hang around. I hung around for a while afterward too. So, <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, we, but one, or, one or two years we overlapped in college. You graduated ahead of me. Yep, and we were. And other thing, it, within this college, we were all at least somewhat involved in the theater program as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, all mm-hmm. in the theater at some point in some way. I, I also hung on to the theater after graduation. <laughs> just a I little came bit. Back just a little bit. I came back to play in a in a show after I graduated. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, he was in uh, Hamlet. When I, yeah, when I was in Hamlet, I was in seminary then. I wasn't in the college. Oh my oh. gosh, I didn't know yep. that. You uh, were yep. like cheating. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was. Well, in, in all honesty, if uh, if if uh, Bethany was doing uh, Music Man this year instead of uh, last year, as mm-hmm. I did, I probably mm-hmm. would do the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Music Man was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, but that's not fun. what this podcast is about. <laughs> yeah. okay. So, so as far as as far as uh, us knowing all uh, all knowing each other, so yeah, I I knew Michael, and we talked about, probably just very casually about Pokemon, mm-hmm. and yep. thought that that that, uh, that uh, each other enjoyed it, and then um, right. you you know the rest of the story. <laughs> well, yeah, and I know Nick. <laughs> I'm not sure when we met. Yeah, some, at some point. Yeah, for mm-hmm. me, I met Nick uh, during college too. We overlapped, mm-hmm. and then that was basically through theater, but then also through their um, super awesome little sister, <laughs> who was my best friend mm-hmm. and my sister. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's kind of how I got to knew. How I got to new news. You get to new news. And then, basically, how like I met. I don't think I met Michael before I started this. Um, definitely hadn't met Paul. Um, but um, I'm old. I, oh. <laughs> but um, I remember Patty. This is kind of how I, like I joined the podcast in general. Was that. I, or Patty came up to me, and their sister uh, came up to me, and she was like, "Hey, uh, they want to start a podcast, but they don't want another Lilienthal, but they do want a girl, <laughs> so that it's not just all guys. Do you want to join?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, it sounds cool." <laughs> <laughs> that that's great. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Mike Michael had approached me as. Uh, uh, just on, I think through Facebook, uh, asking, "Hey, if I want to do this," and I'll be honest, I almost said no. Ooh. Um, because like when when he'd asked, that was right about when I'd started doing uh, Game Corner as well. 
Uh, so I was hosting that, and you know, it's like every month I have to get the show together and do these editing and all this stuff. And uh, so I almost said no, but Elizabeth uh, encouraged me. Said, "Yeah, I want you to do it. It should be it would be fun." Uh, in fact, for those of you who do listen to Puckle, Thatch was almost going to be part of this as well. Yes, I remember that mm. now. So there was another time for that. Fun fact. Um, but of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, and of course, he he's busy with Puckle stuff, and he was getting some PTU stuff rolling for Puckle as well. So would have kind of uh, overloaded him a bit. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, Michael was basically the the push of the was the one who had the idea of making a podcast, and he came to me uh, one day. I think after he contacted Paul about this, actually, um, and he said like, like he was just asking if he wanted to run a podcast, and uh, he asked me to run it mostly because I've. Uh, played uh, PTU, the system that we're using, Pokemon Tabletop United, before through, uh, actually through forums. I have different things there, so I've, I knew the system at least well enough to kind of uh, run it and to, and to go over things. Um, yeah, it was it was a little interesting there um, to do that, but uh, funnily enough, uh, just a little side thing with uh, the Chandi region. I had actually already created the Chandy region before Michael asked me to run uh, the podcast. Hmm. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was in a period where like I had just graduated from college and wasn't really doing much and kind of figuring out what I, figuring out what I was going to do next. And uh, the aforementioned forums, I was kind of going through and just playing different uh, role playing games and things just to kind of fill time and to work through there. And uh, I've always kind of enjoyed storytelling and writing things down and stuff and so I had the idea for a region and I just wrote out uh, basically the opening uh, sprawl on the Chandy region's history, uh, geography, uh, what the different cities were like and uh, the gyms was basically what I had all set up and then uh, so I had all the framework down what I really needed when Michael suggested for a podcast was a story that the players were going to do now and so that's kind of what i had been working on is uh what their story was going to look like after michael kind of suggested it that's cool awesome that, yeah that's yeah. great i never heard about that yeah yeah um i did a similar thing in uh, another system that's uh, mutants and masterminds which is kind of like the superhero system if you do role-playing games that i, I created a region for, or a world for that too so that's pretty fun i haven't done anything for D D, but well i did actually no i did i did create a world for D D a while back uh, it had everything to do with time travel that one was interesting anyways um this isn't directly related yeah <laughs> rotom if we were a visual medium we should totally have like one of those cards that says technical difficulty mm-hmm. with a rotom chewing through a cord Yes. <laughs> I wonder if someone's done that already. I was saying, if if we ever had to like, <laughs> if, if we ever had a episode break for that, and it was like technical difficulties, it'd be the Rotom like jumping into a computer, and then the next one would be like a person with, I don't know, like a hammer, and the Rotom running away from the computer again. <laughs> <laughs> technical difficulties. We're going to fix it. And just... <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, if I can add quick to that origin story. Yeah. Um, what? What? Ma- Michael, what made you start all this? Because, as far well, as I know, it kind of originated from you. Yeah, I, I don't want to like just claim everything, but it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Feel free. You're good. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts. Part of this came out of the fact that I had an hour commute between uh, my two jobs. And so I was listening to a lot of podcasts on that drive. And some of it was um, some like actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcasts. Uh, and I'd been talking to Nick about uh, PTU stuff. And I thought, I wonder if there's a PTU podcast out there. And I did a quick Google search and I found nothing. Um, absolutely nothing. And I, I searched a little more and still didn't find anything. And I thought, man, I really want to listen to a Pokemon RPG podcast. Uh, and then I thought, I bet I could do one. I would need someone to GM it for me. <laughs> and we'd need more cast members. But uh, I, I pitched it to Nick as just kind of a, hey, this is a possible sort of thing. I see this as a, a void in the internet. There's not really any PTU podcast out there. So if you have an inkling to do something like this, here's an idea. <laughs> um, and then from there, um, like Nick was got on board pretty quick. And then I talked to Paul uh, and <laughs> you were a little reticent because you were so busy with everything going on. And, yep. uh, and then uh, Patty said that Lydia would be interested. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it all came together we were like this would be fun and we did it <laughs> yeah well no it was cool too because like um i had i've had some siblings who have done like dungeons and dragon dragons dragons um like roll taint roll oh my gosh what is happening to my face we do podcasts <laughs> type things um before in the past and like especially with like being a feeder kid i was like that sounds awesome so then when <laughs> i got approached with that i was like that would be real neat <laughs> yeah so yeah oh my gosh though it's so much work oh there's still so many things that i feel like i don't have a handle on at all well but I, think... I feel like i'm finally getting here after like two years <laughs> Well, let me segue into a couple of other questions I think that tie well together. Um, sure. From Tylen from our Facebook uh, rollout tap room group, uh, he says, Hi, me and several of my friends want to run our own game of PTU. <laughs> I'm going to be the gem, but I'm overwhelmed trying to read and understand the core, bo the core book and whatnot. And Real. then, And then <laughs> as, as a follow-up, uh, Wayne, also from the, the tap room, says, I have no experience whatsoever with Pokemon Tabletop. And I've tried to find support for it around me. What does it take for me to start playing tabletop and find a group for it? So, <laughs> I, know, I, I will say, so, uh, the people who uh, who do GM this game, and, uh, I mean, I the people who I've seen who, like, do this do a fantastic job. So, like, Nick, you do a great job, and then Linian mm -hmm. was a guest on a couple of our episodes. Like, Linian was the reason that the Halloween episode last year happened at all. Uh, <laughs> and it's just amazing, like... The capacity of your brains to know this and keep it all straight. <laughs> when I tried to GM, it's like I mean, Nick was really GMing. I was just telling a story. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, well, I mean, like I've played Dungeons and Dragons, and and usually I wind up being the dungeon master for that. There have been a few games where I wasn't, but most times when I play, I do, and that's a lot to keep track of itself. But it's nothing compared to PTU. <laughs> there. This is a complicated system. <laughs> well, um, uh, a lot of people uh, watching, or people watching, people listening. <laughs> all to, of our viewers at home, right? All of our viewers who watch this. <laughs> no, uh, people listening may have noticed that most of the time uh, the trainers fight 
wild Pokemon with only a few uh, trainer battles mostly being in gym battles happening. That's because that makes my life ten times easier. Uh, <laughs> trainer, like, the the, tra- the different ways that uh, trainer abilities interact with Pokemon skills and don't interact. And mm-hmm. um, basically, in Pokemon Tabletop, you are, uh, as a Dungeon Master, you are not running a game for, say, three players. You're running a game for at least six players and up to mm-hmm. 21, if you count the full teams for each of them. Oh, man. Um, going through, because every Pokemon has a unique personality, uh, unique goals, unique stats. If we're, if we're talking Crunchwise, unique stats, unique abilities, unique moves. Uh, so you're running a game for all of them, which means you have a lot of story hooks. Because, for example, right. in, uh, like, for example, in the 50th episode, I was able to basically make a story out of Melody, uh, by giving her her own motivation, going through that, like, basically divorced entirely from the players, except that they were involved, uh, except that they were interested in what Melody was doing. But right. at the same time, it's a lot to keep track of. Um, it it is, there. and like, and then if also if you count the archetypes, you can increase that number by three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I did to myself. That's not, that, like, a lot of that is house ruled in by me, so that that's yeah. my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and uh, like one of the big things with uh, PTU is that it is a very numbers-heavy system. Um, you can still tell a good story with it. You can still work through things, but a lot of it is controlled by the numbers. So unfortunately, that means that you really do have to read through the core rulebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, possibly read through it again. Uh, one of the ways that I found that actually helps a lot is, um, and this is maybe just for me personally, but uh, going to a forum site like Giant in the Playground forums or things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, in Giant in the Playground forums, there aren't very many Pokemon tabletop games recruiting. Uh, by the, you'll notice that by the fact that as soon as one starts recruiting, there's a list of uh, potential players a mile long. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you can find a game that's recru- recruiting on a forum for Pokemon Tabletop United and post a character sheet there, you usually yeah. get a decent amount of helpful feedback on, okay, and, like, explain you're a new player, you're not really sure what you're doing, and just checking to see if they're okay with that, and then you'll get a lot of feedback on, here's how this works, here's how this works, with, um, like, a lot of the games that I've played on the, on Giants of the Playground forums, that one that I'm in now, uh, one of the, it's a fan, like, PT is a fan-based, uh, game creation. It's not sanctioned by uh, mm-hmm. by, by Nintendo or by Game Freak. They don't charge anything to get it, so it's not they're not uh, making money off of it, but it's not something there. So it's made by a group of contributors and one of those contributors has been my GM in a few uh, Pokemon oh, Tabletop wow. United games, which has helped a lot. I bet. Uh, with things because he's involved in the system and is actually able to be like, okay, this is like, there's a little bit of this is why we did this involved in right. this is what we're doing, which helps a lot. Um, yeah, you can get some of that back background mm-hmm. information on it. Feedback, and it's yeah. like, okay, this is what we're thinking about tweaking. Okay, this doesn't work. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of it is just going through the system, uh, going through it again, and asking a lot of questions to anyone who knows anything about it. Uh, the more specific you can get, the better, because then you can point back to things, but yeah. That's the biggest thing. One thing I'll, I'll say, too, about it, and we haven't necessarily done a ton of this, but uh, it's kind of related. Don't be afraid to break the rules mm-hmm. for the sake mm-hmm. of making a better game. 
Um, which, like, I know Nick has tweaked the rules here and there just to make it flow better, to make it work better, so that we can fit a, a, a story arc within an hour episode. Um, and oh, I, uh, and I, I broke all the rules for the Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and it, it's that's just you know something you have to do because ultimately the game is about telling a story. You know, in in what we're doing with a podcast, obviously it's a storytelling podcast, but when you're actually playing it with others you know if we weren't recording this it'd be the same thing we'd be all about telling the story mm-hmm. it's it's not about winning <laughs> so <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> um yeah. involving that kind of as an addendum uh, as the gm of the game uh you get the final ruling even if your final ruling doesn't agree with the book's ruling uh yeah and like rule zero is something that you'll hear for gms that sometimes gets a uh, bad reputation because rule zero is basically what the GM says goes, yep. uh, which involved with a bad GM lets, lets them claim that they are allowed to do anything, which isn't necessarily true. But at the same time, if it's something that you don't know the rulings of, uh, just negotiate and be like, here, this is like, we'll, we'll run it this way, roll this. Um, you'll hear that mm-hmm. a lot. Like, um, it works fairly well with a, with a system like PTU, which is very involved with rolling and with numbers. System is uh, if someone asks to do something, go roll and then pick the closest related skill. Um, it's a lot easier if you can give them two skills, uh, one which definitely works with with what they're trying to do, but maybe they aren't as good at, and one that isn't that like would have to take a little more mental uh, working through to actually work with what they're trying to do, but is something they're better at. Because then they'll leave, because then uh, they'll have to justify using their better skill, which is storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. See if that's covered the things. Uh, um, looking at this, yeah. there's one that like um, actually the comments here a little bit remind me of that I just want to answer for uh, again from the British gent on Twitter. That was a thing of uh, just asking me specifically: Is there anything you had plans during the game that the players missed out on that you wanted them to find? Um, there are a couple things. Um, the one that just came to mind now, as uh, actually Sarah was talking, like talking about the Oddish. Um, this isn't something necessarily that the players missed out on, is that I edited out later because I didn't think it would work as well into our format. Mm-hmm. But that I really enjoyed. Um, on the route between Clear Lake City and Charlottetown Sanctuary, I actually was going to have them have a moment where they saw. I think it was actually an Oddish watching them from behind one of the trees and uh, when it saw them seeing it, uh, it was going to come out and like beckon them forward and bring them to what was essentially going to be like a grass Pokemon's nursery dance recital um, <gasps> where what? they got picked where they got picked out as the judges to watch a bunch of Oddish and Budgie dance and uh, also amazing. also Cricketune play uh, like play in a band and then decide like decide as the judges which ones they like the best. Um, That's that would really have been good. so cute. Yeah, I, I, actually, I actually rolled out like all of the uh, skill checks that the Oddish and the Budju and the Cricketot were all playing to like play the different things. And they're, um, the biggest reason why I kind of edited it out, well, there were two reasons. Uh, one, um, I didn't know how long I could stretch it. Um, I didn't know if I could fill an hour with it. With, with what I had to kind of make it work and, and still make it work with the pacing and everything there, uh, even though I really enjoyed the idea. And uh, the other reason 
What was the other reason? Oh, the other reason is I couldn't play with the music as much as I wanted to. Um, oh, it would be sure. it would be one that's uh, kind of like in the episode. Not maybe it does need to be as much in this in this new one because what's going on around it works as well. But this one, the music would be so important to it mm-hmm. with just mm-hmm. like being the dance recital and going through the things and having the band be part of what was being picked. That it was just something that I wanted to be able to play with the music more than I could. And so I yeah. kind of, I edited it out just for pacing reasons, and it's something where it's been, where it's kind of been in the back of my mind of, like, can I ever use this in a different way again, or work with it? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. definitely been in there as an idea. Um, yes. Right. <laughs> Lydia it, wants it to it happen. Sometimes. Yeah. It sounds so cute. <laughs> I mean, have to get it in at some point. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing... Alright, like, the other things that I would say is, like, uh, more specific on that the players missed out on that I had set up is, uh, because of how they were introduced to Trilithon Sanctuary, and I definitely should have seen this coming immediately, but because of how the players were introduced to Trilithon Sanctuary and everything that was going on in there with the Flames of Agni, they completely ignored the job board. (laughs) (laughs) And the side quest, except except to clear away debris from uh, the earthquake. Oh yeah, there was a job board. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and so there were two. There, there were two other jobs in there. Um, one was a woman who's. Uh, yep. What were, what were they called? They're the new uh, fungus Pokemon. The new mushroom yeah, Pokemon. Uh, uh, Morlul or Shinotic? Morlul. Morlul. Morlo, yep. Yeah, whose Morlo were escaping at night because, um, yeah, because the uh, hoot hoot that usually woke her up wasn't hooting. Yep. And so they were going to go look out, look for Morlo, and then find out why the hoot hoot wasn't hooting. And I had several that that actually might have taken up at like two episodes because of the different systems that were going on through there. Um, and then the other one was a flower shop owner whose flowers were all. Um, Infested by cutie fly, <laughs> and so they're trying to figure out why they were there and get rid of them. Uh, and because of everything that was going on in Trilithon Sanctuary, the uh, players put much more priority on the main story, and then the main story kind of pushed them to go immediately towards Ratsu, so they missed out on those. Uh, Excuse me, on those two specific uh, scenes, or those two specific mm-hmm. uh, side quests that I had set up there. That's that, thing, like, there was, like, two of my, two of, of, like, some of my Pokemon, maybe not my favorite Pokemon, but in my high level, in my high-end uh, Pokemon that I enjoy were in those two side quests, uh, but weren't <laughs> obvious in them. <laughs> and so it was like, those would be really cool to show up, but... yeah. The story marches on. <laughs> no, yeah. That's no problem. Well, and the Pokemon can reappear in other ways. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can use them later for different things. That um, Maybe that uh, connects to another question that we got in our tap room. Um, if you don't mind me asking this one. Uh, from Don Dijong. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, in the Pokemon Rollout tap room. Uh, he has a cu- couple questions, and one he asks is, <clears throat> "How much, if any, of what happens is improvised? Do you ever go on a tangent and just roll with it?" <laughs> um, and I guess it's like all improvised. 
I like mm-hmm. I'll I'll occasionally have um and I don't know if you guys do this either where if I have an idea about my character I'll say something to Nick but it's really like like yeah and also Nick will come up with the essential story or arc for the episode um but then we run with it and we can go totally off the rails. I don't know how mm-hmm. much we've gone totally off the rails but it's it's a collaborative improvised thing mm-hmm. i can't think of any specific times that like completely threw me off um before uh yeah not, oh the the one thing that i'll say that like i guess like threw me entirely was when uh they were facing off when the trainers were facing off against kind of the flames of agni and the mob at trilithon sanctuary <laughs> and they just utterly refused to call out the flames of acne. <laughs> like, they did everything, like, in very generalized, conver- like, the, the, everything was a generalized comment, everything was just, like, vague and alluding to something else, and it was like, the the mob doesn't want to leave, but they also, like, have no reason to do anything else either, so it just came to a complete <laughs> standstill. <laughs> yep. Um... Oh, we'll be besides, with it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Besides that, it, it went fairly, everything's gone fairly well. Um, yeah, I've I've basically uh, I have written out ba- an idea of uh, basically like how I've set up the different episodes is um, especially when they're traveling. I'll set a scene and be like, mm-hmm. "This is the base ideas. Here are the different characters or things within the world." And here's how they'll react uh, to the trainers acting in different ways. And then I'll build off of that. Um, the one that I think, like, that I was I was kind of expecting a different response, but I still had planned ahead was... I think it was the, either your first or your second day out, actually, where you ran into the uh, Nidoran male and Nidoran females playing. Yep. <laughs> and... Uh, I was thinking that it's like, you know, with the players and set up and the thing, they're probably going to kind of watch them and work with them for a little bit because it's obvious these Pokemon aren't, uh, Pokemon aren't immediately attacking and working through that. And the first thing that happens is Charlie throws a Pokeball. <laughs> like, literally, from the start, that's the first thing that happens. They're like, okay, it's a battle now. Yep. <laughs> and I and look... I was say uh, there, there are two moments in this podcast that I, I mildly regret not pursuing longer. It's the the Nidal Queen. <laughs> Although I I I think Charlie would have gotten completely wrecked then. Uh-huh. Oh yes. But then also the Ursaring. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I I was so tempted to like to like get get Bernie out there to to fight against her and um yeah. Uh. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, one thing that I've considered. Um, it's worked fairly well, and I've had, and it's given me some plans for the future with what Charlie's done so far. But um, a few things that I've considered is with higher level Pokemon that are massively over leveled for the players, just kind of making it so that the Pokeballs don't work on them uh, mm-hmm. for the sake of just narrative, uh, just preserving the narrative. Uh, <laughs> Because if the Pokeball can neutral has a chance of neutralizing every threat they run into, that's a problem in ter- in storytelling <laughs> terms. 
Sure. I don't see why. <laughs> right. I mean, at the moment, it's just created new problems down the road, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's still an interesting thing to just for me to grapple with. I've seen uh, a few ideas that, um, like, uh, if you if you're following or if you do start following Pokemon Tabletop United's uh, new updates and going through things there, which can kind of transition into another one there, but. Uh, if you're following them, they're they're switching things a lot and moving farther and farther away from kind of the games, how the games work with Pokemon, and just developing an entirely new system with the flavor of Pokemon over it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is part of the reason why uh, maybe obliquely answering one of the questions later that we're basically we're staying with the core rules. Um, right. I've used a few things like they're going to meet uh, one of the gym leaders up ahead has a uh, class from one of the uh, updates, but it's actually a class that they added back in when they took it out during this update, rather than Mm -hmm. an entirely new class. So that kind of is why I use it, and it's one of my favorite classes in PTU, so I I use it almost every time I make a character. Uh, But... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, going through there... Maybe that's... Yeah... Maybe that's a, a time for us to like jump into this uh, email that we got mm-hmm. um, from uh, Corax Zigzagoon, uh, who's at Zigzagoon on Twitter, and that's Zigzagoon with an X at the beginning, but otherwise spelled like the Pokemon Zigzagoon. Um, but Corax uh, sent a long email, and I think like it in our in our spreadsheet here, I've broken it up, but we can take it bit by bit and just start from the top and and work our way down. Um, but uh, he says, yo, I'm excited about getting caught up with the podcast again after Rotom ate some audio. Yeah, Rotom. <laughs> and I might send more questions once I am caught up, but I'll go ahead and send some now. And he starts by asking, what updates slash extra packets to PTU are you using slash aware of? I know Game of Thrones must be one, since that's what Prism is from. And that's correct. Uh, it was mentioned that in the Lost Tapes, Grunge kept flinching the Cofagrigus, and so I, it couldn't act, so I'm guessing you aren't using the February 2016 playtest packet, which changed some of the lockdown status effects to make them no longer stop the action. For example, Flinch makes the Pokemon vulnerable for a round and drops their initiative by five for the rest of the scene. So, uh, let's start there with the extra packets and updates. Yeah, so... Nick, you were talking about some of those. Right, we haven't been using any of those. I have considered, like, uh adding in some of the flinch rules and things because then, yeah, it doesn't stop the action for everybody. Um, it allows it allows you to never just entirely lose your turn. Right. Which, in role-playing terms, is annoying. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. awesome when you, it's, it's awesome when you do it to someone and it's horrible when it happens to you. Because it just right. it takes away your agency <laughs> entirely. Um, yeah. So I considered that, but when I was considering it, it was kind of when those systems were newly coming out, so I wasn't really well-versed in them. And uh, if I'm, I believe I'm correct in saying that uh, Paul, Lydia, and Michael, none of you played PTU before this? Nope. Correct. Nope. Yes. So <laughs> I wasn't going to I throw... Yeah, right. So I wasn't going to throw a, a new change to the system rules onto you immediately as you're trying to learn the system rules. Right. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, it all would have been just too complicated, but mm-hmm. it all probably would have been the same for me. Just like, oh, I'm learning all this new stuff at the same time. Okay. Right. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I figured it was easier to just actually read the core rule book. No, the core rule book, rather than trying to uh, figure out 
everything yeah. else. Um, yeah, and we do have some of the other add-ons, like Game of Thrones is one, and that's where mm-hmm. the Prism class comes from. Um, yes. Do Porygon Dream of Mareep is one. I don't know if we've done a whole lot from there, but... Um, Ratu, again, uh, is a place where you're gonna, yeah. where Do Porygon Dream of Mareep is going to be a little more uh, prevalent. Sure. Uh, and as you go into kind of the Chan areas... Where technology kind of, or is, is sure. going to start jumping forward, is where is where that's going to show up a little bit more. But right now, it's more Game of Thrones, right? Uh, right. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. but otherwise, it's version one point zero five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, Korax's email continues. He asks, "Anyone have a D and D slash other role playing game character or scenario inspired by anything Pokemon?" Um, I, I have an answer to this, if uh, unless someone else has has something. Go go ahead. Yours is probably more thorough than than mine is. I I, I just had the inklings of an idea, but you go first. <laughs> sure. Well, this this one uh, comes from a, a Dungeons and Dragons game that Nick actually DM'd uh, several several years ago, uh, and it was an epic level game where we were all I think level yeah. twenty five or something like yep, that. Yep, yep. You were all level twenty five. And I decided that my character was going to be a Pokemon trainer. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, I wound up uh, making him a multi-class uh, wizard and druid, but man, and this was in D and D three point five. Um, so like, you can do anything you want to yeah, in that. You, you can break D&D. that system over your knee if you try yep. hard enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I made a, a druid wizard character and managed to make him able to create a magic item that was kind of like the the soul trapping gem thing uh, that he could like throw it creatures and, and trap them and use spells but also he had a collection of monsters um one i remember one scenario we went into one room in this dungeon and i was flying around because i could do that with my flaming wings and i was flying around and just <laughs> dropping these gems that contained monsters into the battlefield <laughs> and letting them go fight yeah so Thanks. i do remember like one specific thing i uh, just this is definitely just an aside on this but uh I managed to kill only one of his monsters during that yep. session. Uh, it was the seven-headed hydra, nine. Well, no, it was like a thirteen-headed hydra. It was nuts. No, it was a seven-headed hydra. Okay, seven-headed hydra. Yeah, he pulled out a seven-headed seven-headed hydra, and the uh, okay, and the train and the uh, thing they were fighting there, being epic level, was able to kill it fairly quickly. And Michael's character's response was immediately two fingers of death, which were which reduced the enemy to dust. Yep. <laughs> I went and used like an auto kill spell and killed him, and then I uh, uh, then I revived my monster. I used um, reincarnation on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. So, nice. Yeah, that's that's yeah. mine. <laughs> so for me, um, the only thing that I can uh, contribute to this is. Um, so I was going to play D and D like online forum game with some Puckle people, but that kind of fell through. But that did get me into listening to the Adventure Zone. Ah uh, yes. And I talked with some of my uh, friends. Like I have a small group of people who listen to the Adventure Zone with, through Puckle, and like we were talking one day, like what if you translated like the majority of that story to Pokemon? So like the Phoenix Fire Gauntlet is. Ho-ho, or yeah. uh, things of that line. So, like, I would love to like convert that into a PTU game. That would be amazing. That that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. So, but again, it, it was only only thoughts. Yeah. Maybe. Was that actually? Uh, 
not D and D, but other role playing games. Uh, the one the one of the people who contributes to making PTU actually ran a mutants and masterminds game hmm. that I got into. It was short lived. It didn't last very long, unfortunately. But uh, it was a mutants and masterminds game where we were playing as Pokemon in the mutants huh. and masterminds system. Hmm. So I ended up making a Pidgey that was just like a daredevil flyer and could fly at I believe supersonic speeds. Um, I ended up with it going through there so that it had kind of the uh, upper level of the Pidgey thing. And I was playing with a bunch of other characters. Like there was a someone playing a Cacnea that could uh, snipe you from like across a football field. And a <laughs> bunch of other things in there. So that's, nice. that, yeah, that's the biggest like directly influenced by Pokemon that I did. Yeah. Um, Alright, uh, so Korax Zigzagoon's email continues. Uh, has someone made a wiki yet, or is that still something that needs to be done? I didn't find it searching, but part of that is because Bubblepedia and other Pokemon wiki pages for the move rollout are too powerful to get around. Um, yes, right. and a, a wiki <laughs> is... Yeah, that's correct. Uh, uh, a wiki is underway, as I understand it. Um, uh, we're not directly involved in it, but we're, we're kind of helping, I guess. Uh, our friend Richie is um, working on a wiki... Uh, you know he's got a he's got a full time job too, so I don't know how much and, time he's and a full time life. In a full time life, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah uh, we, and we definitely appreciate whatever work he's able to put into it. We're looking forward to that happening soon, hopefully. Um, right, but, but I guess yeah, if if you're interested in being part of it, the probably the Pokemon Rollout Tap Room on Facebook is the place to be to open up that discussion. You'll find Richie there. He's fairly active in that group as well so yeah and as as of this recording we do not have a pokemon rollout tv tropes page but that might be part of what's underway as well right yeah i'm not sure exactly what venue he's going through i just think that uh, such a thing might be helpful for me mm. even to go right. back and <laughs> say oh yeah that's what happened in the episode we have coming up uh, i forget who who asked we'll, we'll we'll get to it shortly but like what was your favorite moment i'm like oh i have lots of favorite moments but just looking at like the episode titles i don't know what they are <laughs> <laughs> yep lots yep. of favorite moments what were they yeah what, what, what was that you know <laughs> feel like an old guy in, an, in a nursing home like oh yeah i remember what do i remember <laughs> i did something at some point i am sure of it <laughs> <laughs> exactly um i'll keep going with korax's email he says how are y'all doing in pokemon go uh looking for friends for celebi research or extra presents um <laughs> and yeah i'm playing pokemon go i think i'm level 33 nice Something like that. I'm up there. Sarah is doing better than me. She started nearly a year after I started, and she's a higher <laughs> level than I am. So wow. Yeah. 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 yeah I. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I'm only level twenty four. I think it is on Pokemon Go, and I think, I think I have Korax on my Pokemon Go. I think that was one of the first people that added me when I posted that on hey. Twitter. And I think we've been referring to Korax as a he. I think it's a she. Oh, oh I'm sorry. there nice. is a woman. So, not just for the wolves, but I think Korax is a lady. 
Oh, thank you. Else? I don't know. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. I apologize for assuming. That's my bad. But I didn't even um, like think about that until just now. Sorry. No. <laughs> Unless I'm like completely wrong. I don't know. Well, I know Richie is a man, but his avatar is a lady on Pokemon Go. So it could uh, be that yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah, I, I do Pokemon Go as well. I'm at level 36. I play basically every day. I, I, I play every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then why don't you open my presents, Paul? <laughs> oh, Because my bag is full. Yep. That is the worst one that happens when like, your bag is full, but you only have like six Pokeballs. Yeah. The eternal oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so... Um, uh, so what I did for the new friends for the Celebi research, uh, Hannah has an account and Elizabeth has an account, <laughs> and I have an alternate account. <laughs> nice. Oh, no. So those are my three new friends. Uh, that's oh, hilarious. Yeah, I have a. Uh, I I'm playing too. I'm level twenty eight, and I live far away from any Pokestops. Um. Mm. So, and most of the time when I'm near Pokestops, I'm doing something that doesn't allow me to pull out my phone. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I'm a little, I, I still play a little bit, but I don't do as much, mm-hmm. I suppose. See, that's kind of where I lucked out, is um, both at my apartment and at my workplace, I have Pokemon gyms. <laughs> Nice. So that worked out really well. And back when I was living with my brother and his wife, um, I would have an about an hour long commute um, on the bus between work and their place. But um, the really great thing about that is since I work in um, the downtown area, there are ju- it's just littered with poke stops. <laughs> so I would just sit on the bus and just like. Be picking up Pokemon left and right and be spinning Pokestops as quick as I could before the bus would go by them. So that worked out pretty well. (laughs) Nice. Alright, Korax's email concludes here. Uh, Hopefully someday soon I'll be able to have extra income to donate, but for now I'll just harp how fun the podcast is when anyone is looking for a new real play tabletop podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And uh, I'll, I'll flip. I, I know the Puckle podcast will say if it's between donating to Puckle or buying lunch, buy lunch, don't donate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the opposite. If it's between donating or buying lunch, give us money. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm Buy lunch. <laughs> L- lose a little weight. I mean... I, yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. No. We can all stand that, right? <laughs> You're beautiful the way you are. So don't listen to these horrible people. Buy food. <laughs> Oh yeah. So yeah, thank you, Corax. That's uh, that's very delightful. Yeah, I, I, I find it amazing. Like so, when when you brought this to me, I was like, oh, I should see like what other PTU things are out there, and I, I did find other podcasts. Uh-oh. And it's like, yeah. with listening to those and like just thinking about what we do, it's, I, just, I find it amazing that people like enjoy our show over theirs, or, like over <laughs> other ones. I should say, you know, it's like, I mean, we're just nerdy. I found it amazing, like, uh, some people, uh, Sublime, uh, he's probably listening to this, um, he said he likes our show for, for the crunch, he likes our show for the numbers and, like, the real play part of it, whereas uh, other podcasts don't do that as much, they, they focus a little bit more on the role playing, and it's, I sure. mean, you know, 
different strokes for different folks, but it's just, I don't know, I find it amazing that, I mean, we have 53 of you in our in our tap room, and it's just, I, I'm uh, humbled by that. Now, I know 53 is not a whole lot, but, I mean, there's a lot of people that we don't even know. Like, you're not even our friends or family. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. No, it's 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 quite amazing uh, how how much this has grown. I'm pretty awed by it, and like I love hearing from the fans and how much people actually enjoy it. I'm like I'm doing this because I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just fun to do. Exactly. Um, should we go on to another question? We can maybe start rapid firing some of these ones that we've got. We could. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What we got here? Um, uh, well, yeah, Paul, you you kind of referred to to this one, and it's it was repeated a couple uh, of different times. Uh, this one from uh, from Don in the tap room. Oh, I should also say he's at Gen- genetic insect on Twitter. Um, uh, he asks, uh, what has been each person's favorite moment? Um, which uh, someone else asked. Uh, uh, Robert in the tap room also asked, which was each member's favorite battle to date uh and i i I guess we can kind of take those together they're they're different questions but favorite moment favorite battle uh so far what do you guys got um so my favorite moment uh that i that's coming to mind again there there are a handful that, that i that i've really really enjoyed but the one that's coming to mind right now is uh when we were in the ruins and there were the unknown and we were all just kind of playing off of each other and like trying to like who can outwit the other person about how we can what we can do with these six letters? <laughs> yep. Um, I I really enjoyed that. That I think that was my favorite group moment. Um, yeah. So that was yeah that that was a lot of fun. Um, again, I'll I'll see if I can think of, think of other ones, but it's uh um that that's only a lot of fun. Uh, favorite battle to date. Um, I don't remember, but it wasn't when Penny attacked me, but there was another time where she, like, unleashed, like, a fury of, uh, of attacks and nearly killed the Pokemon. Yeah. That was the Mankey fight in the ruins, yep. I think. Ah, yes, that was it. Yeah. yeah I, I'm not, I'm not that far yet on my, my re-listen of it. <laughs> but, and by the way, like, I, maybe this is self-absorbent or whatnot, but I'm, I'm a fan of the show. <laughs> <laughs> And Yay. and so I I listen I listen when the shows come out like you heard earlier like I've listened to the new episode that came out this afternoon and about halfway through it <laughs> and yes. uh, yeah it's just it's yeah I don't know so I I enjoy it too um, I I'm one of those people that really hates hearing my own voice but being the editor for this I have to hear my own voice quite a bit um, so. That I, I I'm kind of numb to it at this point, <laughs> but uh, I enjoy the episodes themselves. Uh, and as for favorite moment, like the unknown one was the first one that came into my mind too. I absolutely loved that. Um, but honestly, thinking back, I don't know if I have too many favorite moments. I've just loved everything. Like <laughs> every big story moment we've had has been awesome every time ellie shows up is oh delightful. gosh <laughs> i considered having her make a cameo here but this is probably a little too divorced <laughs> for her. 
Yeah. She can't touch us here. Someone would have asked her a question. We see her Remember, you haven't. Remember, when I was on the fence before, you did start invoking her, and that kind of turned this. So. Oh, I see. I see her over there. She she's banging on the fourth wall. I see her. Yeah, she wouldn't be banging. She'd be scratching. Oh. No. Um, thinking of favorite battles, when we fought the Flames of Agni the last couple of times have been really awesome. That was mine. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the Shamanist is, is one of the characters that I'm really interested to know more about and to get to see more of. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, she just makes my skin crawl almost as much as Ellie. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, getting to, to, to battle her some more. And, like, two... I, I, I keep going back to our first big gym battle, too, with the, that Tangela. <laughs> it would not go down. Yes. Um, I'm, like, part of it, like, I really enjoy the battles themselves. So while we're in the battle, when they're taking a really long time, I don't mind necessarily as much. And kind of, I'm, I'm to the point almost where... We're we're soon going to to get to a level or something where we're not as glass cannony anymore, and the Pokemon battles are going to take a lot longer. And I kind of am okay with that, even if we have a battle that stretches into two episodes, uh, if we need to like, which we kind of did with the Poke Chess episode. But um, you know, if we're in the middle of a battle and it has to pause and then we resume it in the next episode, well, maybe you just get a cliffhanger in the middle of a battle. <laughs> but. I, I enjoy the battles. That's that's me. <laughs> well, and along with that, I think, um, and we, I think we should play into this a little bit more. But when the roles kind of dictate what happens, um, yeah. Like I keep going, but you're talking about the that gym battle, the uh, uh, the Clue Lake gym. But previous to that, like, and there was the guy who couldn't get his razor leaves thrown correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, that's right. <laughs> so we get the image of this guy just grabbing into his pocket some leaves and throwing up in the air. <laughs> yep, and that's come back a couple of times. That's yeah, true. So, uh, so, uh, uh, so that, that's another one of my favorite moments because because of yes. that. And then um, the one more I'm going to throw out there is uh, harassing the Mareppard. That That is great. <gasps> yes, <laughs> that was so good. That was great. Oh, yeah. Well, and, like, thinking of that, too, with, like, that moment that kept recurring, that things that recurred in this podcast that we didn't design initially to recur, Mm -hmm. but the slogan of this podcast came up by accident. (laughs) She is a lady. Yes, it's true. It's true. But it's come up in every single episode since. (laughs) Um, Michael, should I let them in on on the naming of a certain Pokemon of mine, or should we hold off until a later time? Oh, (laughs) no. I... I think I think I left that into the actual recording. You didn't, didn't I? Not not to my hearing. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Okay. So um, a couple episodes ago, I caught a uh, an LGM and uh, the the naming thing of, of an LGM LGM stands for Little Green uh, Monster. Okay, mm-hmm. and so I, I took took that, and uh, let's see if I can pronounce this well. I, I decided to name name her. It was a female LGM, S I A L, S A I L. She is a lady. <laughs> so, yes. 
So anyway. <laughs> so Lydia, what are your favorite moments? I think, honestly, I think some of my favorite moments are with our like, um, our not regular characters. I don't, I don't know what you would call oh, sure. those, like our offshoot characters. Um, mm-hmm. I think just because like it is fun to, you know, take a break from our characters, and then just. Like, that other group is just kind of ridiculous. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, it just is. thinking back to some of the yes. things that have happened, especially, like, um, oh, yeah, 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 that too, Detective Grunge. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> just just that best. whole thing. That was really fun, though, like, getting to play as those characters, too. So it's it's fun to get to, to branch out. And, like, um, one of the moments that I was thinking of was when... Uh, we were battling the um, Pokemon Magician in yep. the Christmas special. <laughs> that was probably yeah. one of my one of my favorite moments. That was pretty good. Or along with that, <laughs> uh, Hiker Georg and his sausages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. Oh man, the, that that group is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> side side group. Yeah. Oh, good um, stuff. So for me, there's a couple, uh, it's like the favorite episode that I just kind of witnessed and like the favorite thing that I've done, um, and then I can get to favorite battle. The favorite thing that I've witnessed, I would say, was Detective Grunge. He was great. <laughs> just, bro, come on, bro, bro, you bro, bro, you bro. You can trust me, bro. <laughs> yeah, you can trust me, bro. You can trust me. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, I got Grunge's you, bro. like speaking character when he can talk is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. thing. So that was that's the uh, most I remember. All of us just devolving into laughter and staying yep. there. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. The entire like for for a good couple of minutes, we were all just like, uh, and there was nothing but laughing. <laughs> nope. There was that one and the and the moment when uh, um, oh, what's uh, what's your cheerleader character, Lydia, in the other one? Oh, Louisa. Louisa, when Louisa, yeah, that's right, Louisa, when she pressed her face up against the barrier that the magician had made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, let's not fight. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that was really good, too. Um, I'd say uh, the favorite, my favorite thing of uh, being is every time I can bring Ellie in. Yes. Um, yeah. She's just so yeah. much fun to portray. And, um,. Just how, like, it's almost concerning to me sometimes how easy it is for me to make her creepy. <laughs> because, like, I yeah. can just, like, I, I can have, like, it, it's it's very natural, just everything that I do with Ellie. It's just, like, naturally flows from this from the idea of the character to go through it, which helps a lot with just everything that mm-hmm. I do there, and it makes her really enjoyable to bring out whenever I can. Um, I, like, um, mentioning about, like, uh, improving and going with the flow, Ellie was a character that basically I waffled about putting, actually showing as a full character in the show until essentially the moment that she appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because of her character being essentially a nightmare. Uh, being mm-hmm. just a figment of collective imagination that has to stay a figment or else terrible things will happen. Um, mm-hmm. 
it just like th- that idea just like it, it made me it made more sense for me to see if I could just reference to it or just like show it for a moment. But bringing her out as a character was so much more fun, and so it ended <laughs> up just kind of showing up and going through things there. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, with my favorite battle, I would say that um, so far. My favorite battle that I've kind of set up was the Clear Lake uh, gym battle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Either that or the first battle with the Shamaness and the Flames of Agni in the Ruins. Um, yeah. Because those were, our, th- those were, so far, our most straightforward fights, and also the ones with the highest immediate stakes, especially with, mm-hmm. the, with the, uh, Flames of Agni. Um, mm-hmm. They've been the ones where it's just like I've been able to just kind of deploy battles. Um, using a map for the gym battle was interesting. And just mm-hmm. kind of going back and forth through that. That's also where um, I started. I've fallen very far behind now, but I started uh, watching Critical Role mm-hmm. around the same time that, um, that we got to the Clear Lake City gym battle. And one of the things that uh, Matt Mercer, the GM of that and an awesome voice actor, does in Critical Role is he's very good at describing every attack and every defense mm-hmm. and every idea there and he kind of brings that out with his uh, players too who also do the same thing and so that's when I really started focusing on that in the gym battle and while I repeated myself a lot I said things reeled back quite a bit and I still do but uh, <laughs> uh, that's kind of where that came out and I was able to work with that a lot more which is really a lot of fun um one quick aside thing, when you mentioned the poker chess game, uh, that was something I enjoyed a lot just creating. Uh, I basically mm-hmm. came up with it and a, a day before we, we did that episode uh, because it was just kind of unexpected to work through that one. But um, that was interesting. If you've ever, and I, I've just realized now, if you've ever seen or heard of the anime uh, No Game, No Life. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a silly anime. Mm-hmm. That goes through things um, very, very bright and colorful, like almost painfully so, on mm-hmm. your eyes. But going through things there, but and doesn't have much to do with things. But there is a chess game in there that happens and starts, kind of devolving until it's no longer a chess game. And I realize <laughs> now that like that was kind of what I was creating in the poker chess game. That it started out with very strict rules, but I expected everyone to interpret them. And essentially bend them until they were broken, so that they could gain the advantage. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened as we got to the second episode, and things uh, kind of grew out of it. That it stopped mm-hmm. really being a chess game and started just being a battle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which was the workaround there. And so that that was yeah. a lot of fun to make. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got a few more questions here. Uh, to go through, anybody have a question like to that's that's really tickling you, and you want to answer next? Uh, from from Richie uh, again in our uh, tap room. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? African or Euro- <laughs> European swallow? Well, I mean, it's, uh, most uh, I suppose it's uh, more than likely going to be uh, Honian. I don't know from from Hoen. Ho- uh, now. <laughs> Swallow does have a speed set of 125. Now, if you boost that with Tailwind, uh, we'll double that to 250, which is ridiculous. Yeah, Swallow um, are nuts. They're very yeah. fast. So, uh, I'd say really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, See, if, it, especially I, if it's unladen. 
I, I did look at this ahead of time and try to do some math, but maybe this is uh, what, what I what I discovered is that maybe the mechanics in PTU don't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but uh, I, I looked, I, I looked at at Swello's uh, fly speed or sky uh, speed stat, and it's seven, mm-hmm. which means interpreting that if if the Swello were to take a shift action to move in combat, it can move seven meters in 10 seconds. Now, if it takes two shift actions, it can move 14 meters in 10 seconds. And you calculate all of that out, and you get something around three and a half miles per hour. Yep. It is not fast. <laughs> That's not very fast at all. No. <laughs> but, um, obviously, Swallow is a lot faster than three miles an hour flying. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to take that and interpret that as that's what it moves within a combat scenario. Then mm-hmm. that's, I don't know. The other thing so. with that is Swellow is not well represented in PTU, in my personal opinion, because Swellow in uh, the Pokedex is known as one, of, as one of the fastest, if not the fastest, bird Pokemon you can find. Sure. But its speed, spat, speed stat, speed stat, speed stat is seven. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Aerodactyl, with which is a giant prehistoric, you know, dinosaur that's <laughs> partially made of rock, has a speed stat of ten. <laughs> well, in the video games, Aerodactyl is one of the ten fastest Pokemon, I think. True. So that that mm. kind of works with it too. But it's just like, um, yeah, that that's just a personal thing there. Then yeah, a lot but, of yeah. this, a lot of the. Uh, PTU systems work well within a game system, but do not extrapolate into real life very easily. <laughs> right. <laughs> Consistently. Yeah. Well, and Richie asks also in our secret Discord, he asks, what's your favorite mechanic in PTU? <laughs> uh, I don't know. The, the, the Pokeball capture mechanic, I think, is pretty cool. Other than that, I think most of it is pretty well adopted from, or adapted from, like, Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Um, I guess personally, I, I I forget even where I read this, but like where I, where I picked up my sling and then I was like, Nick, can I can I just <laughs> like throw things with a sling? And I was like, Yeah, sure, why not? And so like the fact that I can throw Pokeballs with a sling and I basically get a bonus mm-hmm. on my struggle attacks, mm-hmm. I really like that. I mean, it, it's simple; it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, right, yeah, little things, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. like I, I don't know. I have kind of a that and an inverse. Like uh, one of my favorite things is that the trainers are involved in combat too and are viable targets. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. that idea, which because is it gives weird. The tra- <laughs> <laughs> like it's- I, I like it because it gives the trainers agency. It means that it means that if the trainers aren't in a sanctioned league battle, they're in danger too, which I enjoy from a GM's perspective. Um, <laughs> From right, it, it's it's a way that kind of makes it uh, a little, you know, less like the video game, more like the anime, where you know, if Ash comes on a hive of Beedrill, he's in trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> with yeah. his Beedrill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, like for me, it's just like one of those there. things that I can't get used to, and I guess I spill a little bit into Charlie here, where like it it feels weird for me, like to attack a Pokemon just with the intention of fainting uh-huh. it, and for mm-hmm. me to personally like be be doing it. And um, the other thing that I also remember is like and I think this is also the clue. Like Jim, like we talked about, if all the Pokemon fainted, it basically just end up being the trainers doing a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I don't know. It's 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 interesting. Yeah. A, a side note, as just like something a mechanic that I've just never touched in P two and have like just sworn off as this is never happening. The grapple rules. The grapple Gra- rules in any system you will ever find are the most painful rules you can ever find. <laughs> they never make sense. They're always overly complicated, and they can either they're either useless or horribly broken. <laughs> PTU doesn't even have their grapple rules in a in a specific location. They mention them every once in a while in other things, <laughs> and that point I'm just like nothing is ever grappling anything. I will make up a simplified thing if someone wants to grab something, and that's the only thing I'm ever going to do with this. All right. It does mean it does mean that moves like constrict kind of are even more pointless than they were before. But <laughs> it's a good trade off for never having to deal with the grapple rules. Sure. <laughs> um, should we take uh, Paul? Your wife sent a question in. Yeah, I, I'll go and read this one. <laughs> What does your recording process entail? How long do you spend editing out Paul's puns or his children? Uh, truly, what is the editing process and how has that changed throughout the development of the podcast? Michael. Um, sure. Well, yeah, the it, it's always been a learning thing. This is um, like really my first foray into podcasting was the whole Tapestry Radio Network. And so this was, you know one of the first ones and so figuring out the format I, I tried to figure out a format that would that adopted a lot of things from other podcasts that I listened to you know even in the early stages when we were trying to figure out alright how are we going to do the recap for this how are we going to introduce ourselves at the beginning uh, how do we make sure to plug all of our social media and everything you know we just had to figure all that out but uh, so the recording process we kind of set a general time and we wind up all kind of filtering online at that time and skyping and then when we record, we all uh, we didn't do this initially. We figured out uh, this way of recording better uh, later. That we all record our own Audacity files. Uh, we sync those up by all clapping at the same moment, um, and then I get those things all sent to me or uploaded onto a Google Drive folder, um, and then I can sync those all together in my Audacity editing. Um, uh, I I haven't heard a lot from the the kids. I've heard a lot from the dog. On <laughs> uh, um, I remember one time, uh, like my my, uh, we just had the one dog at the time, and she got up and started like drinking her water, or eating her food or something, and they're yep. like, "What what's going on in the background?" And, like I just was completely oblivious to it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I guess something well, is happening. Noise, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's it's a trick, you know, figuring out the different things that need to be edited out. Eh, you know, more or less while I'm listening, like how I edit, the, it's kind of a three-step process. I spend a lot of time getting everything synced up and to the point um, where I figure out where the episode is starting. And I get all that front matter put on, you know, the sound of the Pokeball opening, the sound of that opener music while Paul is giving the recap. Um, and then from the point that we have the Rocco W theme music starting, um, and then Nick introducing the podcast from there on, I'm essentially just listening to the podcast and kind of just cutting out the stuff that kills the action, I guess, (laughs) not necessarily kills the action, but the stuff that isn't really 
moving uh, along with the story Mm -hmm. um, and otherwise just kind of cleaning things up you know uh, you'll you'll hear a lot of mouse clicks once in a while, and like I try to edit some of that stuff out as much as I can, so that it doesn't distract too much. Uh, you know, so cleaning up things like that, and um, I've gotten better at that I think as time has gone on. And then uh, you know, once I finish through all of that, and you know, I'll take out bits uh, like the the bloopers that come at the end. Most of that comes from the beginning before we even start recording. Uh, or before we even start the episode itself. Uh, but a lot of it does come right in the middle where it, essentially if I think it doesn't actually fit the story necessarily at this point, but it's something that I think is hilarious and people would enjoy hearing, I'll take that out and put it in at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I've finished doing all of the, the editing and have all that stuff on the end, then I'll export the file and then I spend time on the website itself um, typing up a little summary of the episode, getting all the music references in there and uploading it and sending it live so that's the third step uh in the in the process so yeah that's my that's my editing process um i guess nice maybe that's more information than you wanted but (laughs) (laughs) it's it's fun it it's very time consuming it's a it's a to to do the editing it's the sort of thing where I, i like to multitask you know if i'm if I'm doing work at work at my desk, I'll have a podcast playing in the background or a TV show, and I'll be kind of watching that. Even at home, if we're sitting and watching TV, I like to be doing something else also. I'll have a book I'll be reading while I'm watching TV or, or something uh, like that. But you know, while I'm doing podcast editing, I can't multitask. It has to involve <laughs> no, you... my hands and my eyes and my ears and everything. So, yep, I I say with me editing Game Corner, like I can attest, like I want to be doing something else. I want to be like um, do, doing something. It seems like every three seconds you have to cut something out. You got to readjust something. Yep. And it's like <laughs> editing takes your full attention. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> Every single one of your five senses. If if there were an activity you could do just by smelling, I'd be doing that while I was podcast editing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> light a candle. Yeah, I'll light a candle. Maybe that's what I'll do. Um, yeah, you have to melt. You have to melt the wax from several different scented candles together, and then light that candle, and guess what? What, what scent you're smelling? Yeah, there you go. Ooh, vanilla bean. Uh, <laughs> no, and there's a shot of cinnamon. All right. Get one of those multi-layer candles. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. All right. So it looks like we can finish up with two of the more fun questions um, from the British sure. gent on Twitter. These are kind of together, so we can probably put them both together. From the British yeah. gent on Twitter, uh, if there is one Pokemon you would like to have on your team, which one would it be? And then from Richie on our secret Discord, uh, if you could type shift any one Pokemon, who would it be? What type would shift, and how would this physically manifest itself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One Pokemon you would have on your team. I gotta think about that one. <laughs> I know, that's really a hard one, because there's so many that I really like. Um, just from like seeing the show and watching the movies and then like yep. playing the games where I'm like oh that was always my go to one so I'm like I would love to have that mm-hmm. um, yeah. but I think like I mean this probably wouldn't happen since it's like a legendary Pokemon but I think Darkrai would be really fun to have 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and that's kind of weird. Like, I know, like Nick had asked uh, early on, like, what were some what were some Pokemon that you'd like to have? On? He basically mm-hmm. asked the same question. It's like, I don't know. It's it's hard to say just because. I mean, one again, Charlie wants to catch everything, and that's like that. <laughs> that's both mine and Charlie's kind of goal is to catch whatever we can. Um, yep. But it's also one of those things where, like, I don't necessarily. I mean, I know it's collaborative, but I don't necessarily want to change his story too much. I guess I don't know. It's 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 kind of weird. But um, mm-hmm. one thing that has has maybe been hinted at is like I I uh, one of my favorite Pokemon is Alakazam, so getting an Abra on my team. Uh, and we kind of had that set up already, um, a little bit. And um, I have another thought, but I'm gonna I'm gonna save it because I'm I'm hoping Charlie has a storyline that we're gonna be able to expand on eventually. And I'm really really excited about it, but I can't tell you about it. So, <laughs> all right. And Nick's like, what is Paul talking about? <laughs> Like, I hope you can't tell. You can't not tell me about it, or else this no, is yeah. really confusing. No, you you three have been in on it, but no no one else can be like again. Yeah. And have, having these, yeah. th- we've only done uh, one Charlie side story so far. But even just like that one, I'm like, oh, and we can do this and do this, and it's going to be awesome. And I'm trying to get these <laughs> things set up for it, but I can't say it yet. So, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> um, I think for me. Um, Two of my favorite Pokemon uh, that have always been some of my favorite Pokemon uh, are Cubone and Ghastly. Um, I absolutely love both of those Pokemon, and I want... Like, if... When I was creating the character for Pokemon Rollout, you know, initially my first thought was to do, you know, the whole 10-year-old boy on his Pokemon journey sort of thing, you know. And maybe have like an emphasis of his favorite Pokemon or whatever. But then I thought, let's think outside the box a little bit. And so I went with the the, the old Pokemon professor, and I don't regret it at all. I love playing Professor Sneeze, um, but uh, I, like having a, a trainer that's kind of just centered on Cubone and Ghastly, and then having other Pokemon added to his team, I think that would be kind of a cool combo. Having those two. Yeah, Nick, do you have a Pokemon you'd like on your team? <laughs> I was gonna say I'm, I'm the uh, I'm the GM, so I have all the Pokemon on my team. <laughs> <laughs> but but not know. when we're not when we're doing the um yeah right oh yeah, yeah with that one oh, that, um yeah. that one like with Ezra I'll say like just yeah, to fit his, his character yeah uh, for Ezra just to fit his character I've really wanted a Wismar. Oh, uh, yeah. And the next level's up just because it really fits in with the things. Yeah. Um, I didn't start him out with one because at the levels we were starting out, Wismer are useless. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> as we get farther down and I can get a Loudred or an Exploit from him, that would be very, very cool uh, to fit his things. Yeah. As more of a general thing for me, just like uh, Pokemon that I've always enjoyed, uh, I've never played Pokemon Coliseum, but I accidentally sort of played its sequel, uh, Pokemon <laughs> XD. Which is set in the same region and going through things there. And the first uh, shadow Pokemon you run into in that game is a shadow Teddy Ursa. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> that was always my number two Pokemon in that game. It was always <laughs> like, besides the Eevee that I got, that Teddy Ursa evolved into an Ursa was always on my team. 
Nice. <laughs> like, no matter what was going on. And since then, even though, like, Teddy Ursa, like, looking at the stats and Teddy Ursa is not the greatest Pokemon, not, like, from a stats perspective, Teddy Ursa has always been just a Pokemon that I've wanted on my team. Uh, so I just enjoy having it. <laughs> quick follow-up question for you, Nick. I know sometimes uh, GMs will um, have they'll make an NPC that sticks around a little bit longer. It's almost like their vehicle to play with everyone. And <laughs> the GMPC, yeah, yeah. And so uh, I mean, and you haven't done that. I mean, is there a particular reason why, or do you just want to? Do you want to just focus on your GMing stuff, or for a few things? Uh, first of all, in PTU, adding another long-running character is just asking for a headache, uh, even if I'm the one running it, because it means that there's another dimension that I need to be working on. Uh, like uh, With GM PCs, too, uh, it's dangerous to add them because they can take the spotlight away from the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they need to be... They, they basically need to be there for a special reason. Reason. They need to be important to the to whatever is going on without being vital, or because if they're not important, there's no reason for them to be there, and you're just playing it because you want to be a player. Uh, if they're vital, then there's no reason for the other characters to be there, and you're just telling a story yourself. You're not doing a collaborative thing, um, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of that balance that I just wasn't going to mess with. Um, that it's, it's just easier to work with. The characters and things there. Um, yeah, those are the big reasons. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, type shifting, I know my answer to this one. <laughs> um, and it's not necessarily for any stats reason. It's just because I think it would be awesome. I I would like a Rapidash type shifted to be Fire Flying. Ooh. Oh. We wow. don't need That'd another cool. fire flying type. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't care. Cool. I think you know a Rapidash that had wings. Would be so really okay, cool. so 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 take this here, and this is actually so the way. I say how how about this? How about uh, make it a fire fairy type? Fire fairy. Yeah, okay, fire fairy. Okay. Yeah. You you'd still get the wings, and you could still call it an alicorn from that. That would work fairly well. Yeah. All right. All right. See, I could do for, that for me. T- I'd take that for me. Like the the type the type shifting that I think of aren't necessarily ones that would make it like change a Pokemon per se. At least I'm not thinking of any off the top of my head. I more so want to like retype things one to make uh, like to make more uh, unique typings, and also to. Um, also just things that makes a lot of sense. Like, uh, for example, Flygon. Now, Flygon is a ground dragon type, came out before Garchomp, but Garchomp is objectively a better Pokemon, right? <laughs> but, if, sure. but, if, but if Flygon was Bug Dragon... Yeah, Bug that, Dragon would be really cool. Or, or in that same, same vein... Uh, uh, Yan Mega, you know, the Dragonfly yes. Pokemon? Mm. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I'll do, I'll do one more, um, Absol. Absol, uh, me- sorry, Mega Absol specifically, because it gets the wings, right, but it's still just a pure dark, dark type. It should be Dark Fairy. Like our, like mm. our, uh, Yarmahahas. Right. Sure. Yeah, I mm-hmm. can see that argument for that. So, so basically, you, you'd keep the aesthetics, but you'd change the typing. Yeah, I mean, unless like I, I don't know. For right right now, I'm not inspired by anything in particular, um, but I don't know if I think of something, I'll throw it out there. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah, I don't have any, like, specific one, but um, I always really like, I mean, apart from, like, dark and poisonous, but um, but <laughs> the steel type, just because that one always seems like such an impenetrable fortress. So, um, especially, too, just, like, with what we've been talking about right now and thinking back to Pokemon Coliseum. Oh. <laughs> um, I always had... Um, I'm gonna mess up the name, but for for alligator, for alligator, for alligator. There we go. Um, I I think that would be cool to have like a steel poisonous version of that. Ooh. Ooh. Um, just to like imagine that like massive thing being steel and poisonous, and just like have that dripping from the things or something mm. i think that'd be so spooky and it'd be so <laughs> cool <laughs> the robot for alligator wow uh, a poisonous robo for alligator mm-hmm. nice it, i like it yeah that's yeah. really cool i have um two actually that i've thought of a little bit um one is just like more of a thought process and things the other one is just because i like the idea and it builds off a completely different idea um but <laughs> The first one is a dark shifted Gardevoir, so dark fairy oh, man. type. <gasps> yeah. um, simply because then you have the dichotomy of like the Seely and the Unseely Fae mm-hmm. that are going through there. So it's like a, it's like summer court and winter court. It's just very. Uh, I like that cool setup thing and just having a Gardevoir in just like the black dress and with everything there would be so cool looking aesthetically. Um, mm-hmm. I actually considered for a while. Um, for a while, I don't know, Lydia, if you knew this, your, uh, or not, not actually, Lydia, no. Um, yeah, Lydia, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, you almost got Katana and, uh, Charlie almost got Grunge. <gasps> what? Um, the reason that it changed was mostly because Charlie chose Bernie as his oh. starter. And I didn't want to give him a second fire type because that would be redundant. Yeah. I feel like you did tell us that one time, mm-hmm. but yeah. I might have, yeah, and so going through this, but the other thing going back from that was Katana almost wasn't a poniard. Hmm. Uh, Katana was almost a dark fairy Ralts. What? <gasps> oh which my would have gosh. Been, which would have been oh. fiction and solitude. Oh. She would have been your imaginary friend. I I moved away from it when I decided that none of the archetypes were going to be type shifted. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. They're all going to be the base set up for their types. That was like the idea of that and I really toyed with it for a while until finally I just decided no I wasn't going to type shift them. I was going to let them be what they were. And that's kind of what moved it into it being katana, a po- the poniard of creation and solitude and then uh grunge. I will also say uh, this is a complete side effect, but for a while, Grunge was a new mel. It would have been Fire Ground. Oh, um, the reason I moved away from that actually was because that's a little too dark. Um, because Ground's type, um, this is a hint for all of you now if you, if you don't want to hear it, Ground type is the archetype of destruction. Oh. Hmm. So that, w- that would have been an interesting play between and Katana and... <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. Love and destruction. Love and destruction. 
that new mel solitude and been, creation. Yeah, th- well, that, that new mel would have been a yandere. To put it simply. <laughs> Weird. It would have been utterly devoted to whoever its trainer ended up being to a, a frankly scary degree. And I decided that just wouldn't work. Yeah. <laughs> for how things were going. So that would just, that that's functioned better being outside of that. Um, but yeah, th- yeah, there were a couple ideas that I played around with before I decided on what uh, each archetype was going to be. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. oh, that that's interesting, and I think mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like uh, Grunge and Charlie, like, they they would hang out, they'd work out well with their their personalities. Um, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but I think it it's it's I like that Charlie has Katana. Uh, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's it's a balance. It, it, she, yeah. She's she's kind of a foil to him. Yeah. Yes, it, it fit Get better. It? Like the more I realize it, the she's more I realize that your characters fit better with who they ended up with because it it gave each of them opportunity to grow rather than just meshing instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like each character had to learn to work with the other rather than just kind of working together immediately. Um, the other side, the other. Uh, the other type-shifted Pokemon that I've always thought about comes from the idea of a character or possibly a, possibly a gym leader that I've never gotten to work in anything that I've worked out, uh, which was essentially the character of a little girl who is probably much older than she thought she was, or than, than she seems to be, mm. uh, who you find in what seems to be an abandoned house who usually is able to move through the house seemingly uh, without making any noise and appear in places ahead of you where you thought them before and was constantly talking about her teddy bear. <laughs> Normal ghost-type ursaring. Oh, wow. Which would essentially be a giant stitched-up ursaring. Yeah. <gasps> oh, no. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And it's just like, this. it's so just deliciously creepy and plays so well oh off of gosh. the horror tropes mm-hmm. that are there, yeah. of those things there. That's just been a character that I have never been able to properly create. But I've always wanted to. Also, ghosts, ghost type shifting is always one of those things that it's just like, what happens to make this happen? To, to make this yeah. Pokemon that wasn't a ghost type become a ghost, ghost type. type, but then what, what occurred? I, don't know, I I also just in the, like the little experience I have, I feel like the ghost type shift is one of the easiest ones. Yep, it's it's uh-huh. it's the easiest one to explain, but it's also just unsettling. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is and, a lot of fun to talk about. So yeah. that's, that's always been one that it's just like this is. A character and a type shifting that I've always wanted to create, but that would just never work except if it was the focus of the setting. Like yeah. it, would, it would have to be a special where this person appeared, and that have yeah. to be it. it. Well, it would it would command mm-hmm. basically the entire story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it can't. It basically, I, I couldn't play that character as a PC. No, right? Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't function within that kind of system, mm-hmm. right? Oh my gosh, though, going back to the Ralts, if you would have given that to somebody who wasn't me, I would have been secretly so mad at you. Because, like, first of all, that just sounds amazing. And second of all, like, when, like, the first time that I learned about, like, 
um, Curlia, mm-hmm. I was just like all over that because <laughs> that Pokemon is is like a little ballerina, and mm-hmm. so like with me, I grew. <laughs> I grew up, like, watching Barbie movies and stuff a lot. <laughs> and, like, they always had ballet. And so, like, it's it's such an interesting art form to me, like, even still mm-hmm. today. And so that's, like, easily one of my favorite Pokemon. So, oh, yeah. oh my gosh. So you talking about that, I'm like, oh, you... It's a good thing you didn't give that to anyone, because otherwise, no. oh, my gosh. And I have a Ralts now, so I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, like I was like, if the dark shifted uh, Curlia was going, it was going to go to Lydia's character, given what I had been given, and part of the impetus Mm -hmm. to kind of move it away from it, along with the I wasn't going to double it up was, or I wasn't going to type shift the archetypes was that I couldn't give it to uh, Lydia's character without giving Charlie another fire type, Mm -hmm. which wouldn't work as well because I had already decided the three archetypes that you guys were going to get. and I knew which one Professor Sneeze was always going to get the normal type archetype. Mm. That just it made the most it sense with sense. this character and kind of reinforced <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so it was between the two of you on who get, who got what, and I had to decide from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know that uh, shiny Mega Gardevoir has a black dress? Yes. Mm-hmm. What? Yes. I gotta look this up now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Sorry, also Gardevoir, shiny Mega. I <gasps> that's so cool. Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh, she's so pretty. Uh it it could be a he. Well, I don't care. Um That's so pretty though. Oh my gosh. I love it. Uh okay, I get a close that is. Um Yeah, that's so that's a fun fact about me while we're playing is that whenever there's like a Pokemon that's not told about like what Pokemon it actually is yet since mm-hmm. nobody's done a Pokemon education check I always have I think it is Bulbapedia that I have mm-hmm. bookmarked yeah but whenever they're like oh it's this creature that has this and that and Michael and Paul are just like, oh, I know what that is. I'm always <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to look this up. I'll admit, I, I'm probably wrong about half the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I Paul do knows steal. far more frequently than I do. But. <laughs> I do read a lot of the, uh, the descriptions straight from Bulbapedia when they work. Um, mm. Yeah, when the system doesn't, then it doesn't there, but yeah. 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 And, and no one knew what the Yamaha was, but that's obvious. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh, I totally thought it was going to be like a victory bell at first. Oh, that would have made <laughs> sense. Mm. Like, yeah. I, I was in the like, what it, is there a tentacle in the forest? Or what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> a grass shifted tentacle. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. Tentacle Man, like. Oh, tentacle. Okay. Grass types are so cool. I mean, plants in general are just amazing. But, like, grass type Pokemon are so much fun. There is going to be an arc coming up soon which focuses almost exclusively on grass types. (gasps) Get your fire types, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Um, We do have one more question, and this one was sent to me from uh, Nixon, my sister, who is in China right now. Uh, She sent a a message to me on WeChat, 
which is an app that they're allowed to use in China. Um, and she asks us, what are your favorite colors? Oh my gosh, Patty. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so, uh, mine's green. I like green. Green's my favorite. Uh, mine green as well. Green's not a creative color, though. <laughs> green is also my favorite color. <laughs> My favorite color is blue. I mean, I like a lot of other colors, but I've I've always loved blue. <gasps> I actually just bought a blue betta fish yesterday. He's so cute. Nice. Aww. Nice. Yes, blue. Blue is wonderful. Is everyone alive? Yep, I just knocked over my, my water bottle, not the fish. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yep. It's all good. <laughs> good. And Nick, did you say what your favorite color is? I did was? not. My favorite oh, is yeah. red. Mm-hmm. I like red. Red is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what team so. is everyone in Pokemon Go? <gasps> team Instinct! Ah. Represent! Mystic! Mystic! Valor! Instinct! Yeah. Yay! Wow! <laughs> I like team... When I was like choosing through the three different teams, I didn't know that much about them. But I really like Team Instinct because they seemed like the ones that were just kind of like, I'm just here to hang out. And I was like, yep. yeah, I like that. <laughs> the, it's kind of true. That's like the summary. Yeah. Mystic have a blood feud and Instinct is like, hey guys. <laughs> just about every Instinct player that I've heard has given that as their reason for joining Instinct. is like, I'm here too. I, I, yeah, I, like, <laughs> it's, it's like Instinct's motto is, I'm here too. I think I, I would have picked it anyway, but I will say that... Uh, it was decided like the Puckle's team color was going to be yellow. Like we were going to be instinct. Uh, so, okay. I I picked Valor because I was torn between all three of them, and I like red and I like Moltres the best out of the three legendary uh. birds. Yep, and that's more or less why I went with Mystic because I like blue best out of those three colors and Articuno. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Articuno is pretty cool. I would say out of those three legendary birds, I would say Articuno is my favorite. Yeah. The one with yeah. best uh, competitive viability is Zapdos. I mean... Mm, yeah. Truth. Yeah. Yeah, that should be something that they should change in Pokemon Go, is that like, once you join your team, then you get that bird. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. That'd be cool. There go. Immediately. <laughs> That's how I thought they were gonna like roll them out first, and like that you mm-hmm. couldn't get one uh, bird that wasn't on your team. Yeah, I'll do it that way. But that would have been cool. Would have been interesting if they did that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. I feel like I would have been really conflicted then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that would have solidified my choice for Valor a little bit more, but it still would have been <laughs> conflicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a right. quick cross versus two. I always think it's funny. That um, people are like, Team Instinct is like the Hufflepuff group. Yeah. Well, that's all our our questions. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I was just itching to hit hit the return button. I couldn't wait till we were done recording. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. No I'm sorry. I've honestly been thinking about trying to do something like that and inserting it into an episode or something. 
Oh my god. Well, there, there you uh, go. There, there's your kicking off point. <laughs> I love it. It fits perfectly. All right. But, but, so we'll, 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 let, let's, we'll cut that yeah, out. So let, let's collect ourselves and end the show. I'm sorry. Yep. No, that's my fault. Oh, right. oh, wow. Um, goodness. Okay. So, yeah, that's all our questions. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for writing in. That's that's yeah. awesome. Keep in yeah. contact with us. We love hearing from the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you know, it's it's a community <laughs> that we're conversing and interacting. And let us know more what you think about the episodes. And yeah, yeah. Th- this isn't your only opportunity to ask us questions either. You can keep asking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you post them on Twitter, on the tap room, uh, I mean, one of us will answer to the best of our ability. If it's a GMing type thing, which we've had a couple of them recently, um, Nick's going to be the best person about that. Oh, and just as a quick side thought, uh, talk, someone was talking about uh, getting into uh, playing PTU, and <laughs> I think it's one of those things where you either have to find someone online to play with you, or mm-hmm. you have to... Uh, I mean, start your own game. I mean, that's basically what Michael and Nick did. They're like, "Hey, let's, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, let's play and let's do a podcast with it." And I don't know, just it's if if you want to play, get someone who can learn the rules and 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 play with your friends. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Get get started with the friends. Um, uh, and like as nick pointed out too with like forum games you know giant in the playground forums is uh, a good place to go also if you go to roll 20 roll 20.net um okay. it's it's a really useful tool and uh you'll always be able to find people looking for players for different games and things and ptu is part of that so yeah, yeah. Um. if, if find places online find but especially you know find your friends and part of that might mean that you need to be the one to learn the rules and start the game and uh and teach everybody but uh that you know it'll it'll be worth it (laughs) the one other place i'd say if you're looking specifically for ptu is forums.pokemontabletop.com um that is specifically about like run i believe or at the very least uh heavily uh looked over by the people who take care of Pokemon Tabletop Adventures, Pokemon Tabletop United, uh, the different homeroom ideas. They have uh, character play-by-post games that they run on there and things there. It's uh, a little, like, it's definitely set up just as a forum, so it doesn't have as many of, like, the little bits and pieces that other places do, but it's still... uh, Mm -hmm fairly good for a bunch of different questions like uh very uh, specific questions general questions just looking through that helps a lot mm-hmm. yeah. all right mm-hmm. all right i think those are the big things uh should i just do the ending or what do i do yeah sign us out nick all right <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining us this week. You can find us online at tapestryradio.org slash Pokemon dash rollout, on Twitter at Pokeroll Podcast, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Pokerollout. Join our Facebook group, the Pokemon Rollout Tap Room. As long as you're not a robot, we'll approve your request to join. There you can join in Unless the Unless you're a robot for alligator. <laughs> right. That'd be so cool to have one of those. Um <laughs> Anyways, there you can join the conversation with creators and fans and become a part of the Pokemon Rollout community. Also, follow our network on Twitter at Tapestry Radio and check out some of our other great shows at tapestryradio.org, like Intermission and Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch. 
A special thank you to Rocco W for our theme music, Electric Donkey Muscles, and feel free to check the show notes for other music and sound effects used in this episode. Once again, I'm Nick, and you can follow me on Twitter at Nick. I did just ask a question about uh, our latest episode before this one, so if you think you know the answer, please tweet me back. I'm Paul. Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at ProfSnag, and uh, you can check me out on the Fuckle Podcast every once in a while. Uh, I'm Michael. You can find me on Twitter. Ready? Sing it with me, kids. At M-G-L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L. Uh, as well as in the uh, Pokemon Roll Out Tap Room and the other uh, Tapestry Radio shows. Um, I'd like to add, too, um, you know, we, we still have the, the Patreon stuff. Uh, and so uh, if, if you, you know, are interested in supporting the show and donating, please continue to do that. Uh, we are going to be updating our rewards. One thing that has been updated recently, if you do- donate any amount from a dollar up, uh, you get access to the secret section of the Tapestry Radio website, uh, which includes a couple Pokemon things, as well as just bonus content from all of the Tapestry Radio shows. Um, so that's that's a, a neat little perk that you get for a dollar up, uh, donating on the Patreon the secret section. So uh, keep that in mind, and we'll keep you apprised of more of the uh, Patreon changes coming up went too quickly for me to sing along with you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. I don't care. Um, hi, I'm Lydia, and you can find me on Twitter at LIL underscore Shadow 8, and find me in the tab room, and add me on Pokemon Go. Um, thank you again so much for, for sending us your questions and everything, too. It's been fun getting to talk with you guys every now and then to uh, keep it coming. You don't have to stop asking us questions or talking with us just because we've finished this question episode. Um, definitely feel free to continue reaching out because it's been fun. Yeah. No, no, this is it. We're done after this. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> Bye. Final episode. Later, suckers. <laughs> and you can follow me online at, on Twitter at Behind Your Eyelid. That's Behind Your E-Y-E. If you like what we do here every other week on Pokemon Rollouts, tell a friend, retweet us, and especially please rate us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch ya later. Hello everyone, my name is Larry. And my name is Justin. We are the co-hosts of the Here's Johnny podcast, a weekly podcast that takes deep dives into the horror genre, focusing mainly on movies and video games. If you want to check out our earliest episode on Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Or if you wanted to take a listen to one of our video game reviews, such as Clock Tower 3, we would really love for you to do that. Our email is Podcast at gmail.com. And if you head over to our website on Tapestry, which is linked off of Tapestry, you can find out more about our show. We hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Was that Ellie sending it out or was that Nick? I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> I don't think you knew Nick. Obscurantism and obfuscation.
orally observed gentle listener gentle listener gentle listener gentle listener obviated objects of oblivion obambulating about offered unto you offered unto you offered unto you in the tapestry radio network tapestryradio.org from our fancy to yours